the Daily Roto Podcast. Tony Sincata here, talking a little daily fantasy sports, and we got a special show lined up for you. We got Mike Rathburn joining us. Mike Rathburn's been involved in daily fantasy sports for a long, long time since its inception, and we'll actually ask Mike what the heck is going on. Mike, how you doing? Sorry about the little delay tonight. A little uh, clerical, as I guess I can't read my uh, own writing. How you doing, my man? Hey, doing well, man. Glad to catch up with you, and it's always a pleasure. Now, Mike, it's interesting, the Daily Fantasy Sports. When you look at it back, tell us how you first got started in Daily Fantasy Sports. Wow, man. Uh, Well, uh, I was with Roto Experts at the time, and uh, believe it or not, this was probably the middle of 2011, or 20, it might have even been 2010, actually. Um, been going back that far, it's it's hard to keep track. And we were starting to look at it then, and um, you know we were we were looking at possibly you know getting involved in the space, and uh, we were working with another company at the time, and uh, it just wasn't going to work out. You know what we were trying to do at the time, you know, didn't kind of jive or you know kind of uh, wasn't really in line with the other uh, provider, and uh, so. I ended up uh, getting involved with Daily Joust after playing on their site. They had just launched, and I really liked the site. I really liked the product. And I felt like it was a way for me to get involved in the industry. And uh, I ended up working for them pretty much, um, I think, around January of 2011. And um, actually, I keep saying that. Yeah, January 2011, uh in all of 2011 and then most of 2012 I was involved behind the scenes in the daily fantasy sports industry uh in a consultant role or operations role we're speaking of Mike Rathburn and Tony Scott it's the Daily Roto Podcast. And, of course, you're hearing this live on the Fantasy Sports Network, 24 hours a day, seven days a week of fantasy sports coverage brought to you to uh, TV. Cable vision, you can sign up. You can be out there in Canada, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and, of course, coming to cities near you. And if you don't like it, just move. I keep telling people you can always move. They'll take you to New York. They take everybody. They've got a big statue to commemorate that. Uh, so you can go ahead and do that. You mentioned your work with uh, Daily Joust. Now, Daily Joust uh, was a smaller site compared to what we see with FanDuel and DraftKings now. Uh, maybe if you're looking for comparative, I guess Draft Day or Fantasy Aces would be comparative uh, value in today's market. Yeah, I think so. I think Fantasy Aces is is really um, comparable to Daily Joust. I, you know, I really was able to work with those guys last year for quite a bit, so it did bring some influence uh, from Daily Joust over to Fantasy Aces. And I think you know they really took uh, what worked over at Daily Joust and you know and, and tried to incorporate that. And then also like you know what Daily Joust just wasn't able to accomplish in, in the short time that it was around. And as the industry changed and evolved, you know a live event. Uh, is something that, you know, we obviously wanted to do. It didn't get the chance to do, so it's really good to see that Aces did it. And I think they're doing it the right way for a smaller site. Instead of trying to do these crazy prize pools and overshoot the market, be realistic and offer a great player experience and earn that loyalty. Yeah, and if you guys can qualify for the Daily Fantasy Basketball Championship, I will be out there uh, hosting the event for FantasyAces.com. So it'll be a great way to go out there and meet. I know there's a couple of guys that are regulars uh, in the fantasy sports industry, the daily fantasy sports industry, that will be out there playing. Our guy Stevie from Florida, who listens to all the shows, uh, does a great job. He'll be out there. Uh, Napster Man and uh, <laughs> Rad Thad will be out there from RotoGrinders.com. 
Yeah, Thad's a really good friend of mine. We're actually neighbors, so we don't live that far away. And uh, he was one of the first guys. That, his first sight was Daily Joust, and I can remember when he first started playing. And, you know, as somebody who works for a site, you kind of have to be careful as far as what kind of advice you give a player. You don't want to cross that line. But, you know, there was a point in time where I did reach out to him and just say, hey, you know, I think, you know, maybe you want to look at things a little bit differently and how you're playing and things like that. Just try to keep it as, as you know, as clear as I could without, you know, giving, a, giving him, you know, what I felt like was an edge. And he actually did a lot of homework and he kind of took some time off from Daily Fantasy and he came back and he ended up being a huge a player in the industry, obviously winning 100,000 on Draft Street, qualifying for all these live finals. It's it's been awesome to see him grow as a guy who really didn't know what he was doing, and sat back and studied because he's a really bright guy. He's a radiologist, so you know, kind of applying his his intelligence to daily fantasy, and then building a system and understanding how to win. And you know, he's kind of like a self-made guy, so it's pretty cool. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I thought Daily Joust had accomplished was the community community atmosphere uh, and Daily Fantasy. We used to go there, we would play games, and a lot of us would be playing games at other sites as well. But we hung out at the Daily Joust chat room, and everybody was familiar with each other. And it was a lot of fun, and there was a lot of talking. That's how FanDuel was in its infancy stage when it first started. And then it got too big, and the chat room, to put it nicely, was just loaded with nitwits at a certain point. And the best thing they did was taking it down uh, because it got out of control. But Daily Joust never got that way. Now, do you think it's possible in today's daily fantasy market to create a community atmosphere? That's a great question. And, you know, this the bigger sites don't really place value on it. And, you know, that's their business model, and I, I certainly can't criticize it. And uh, I really, you know, I really do miss that part of it. There's a lot of players that were in DFS, you know, went around that time, the 2011, 2012, and aren't really in anymore. And it's not because of, you know, losing inch, uh, losing money or anything like that. It's like they they loved playing on other sites, but then, like you said, going to Daily Joust and being in the chat and just kind of you know commu- having that community with everybody. Um, you know, there was a big group of us that were that were on there. I was on the I was on that before I worked for the site, and I was in there, you know, when I worked for the site. So it was it was a great experience uh, to have that. And it is unfortunate that we really have lost that. Um, you know, whether or not you, you you can do it, but I guess the only way that you could really do it is you offer private chat rooms to certain players, and if they want to go in there and they want to kind of, you know, communicate with everybody and, and chat with everybody, that's kind of the way you want to do it. I don't think that you can ever have a public chat, not the way the industry is right now and the way it's growing. It's it's just not feasible. But I think a private chat feature would be nice, and if you had, like, a buddy list or something like that, you know, similar to the Facebook or whatever. But I think that would be something that would be welcomed uh, in the industry. Great stuff. I, I definitely think that's true. I was speaking to Mike Rathburn, Tony Sincata from DailyRoto.com, uh, bringing you the podcast. Of course, uh, this is being recorded on Monday night. Tuesday, you'll be hearing this great podcast. And, of course, we're here all week long trying to bring you uh, the community's Amy atmosphere to our uh, podcast and, of course, the Daily Fantasy site there. i got to ask you, I, I don't have the numbers uh, per se, but I know the first five Daily Fantasy sites that evolved, all went out of business. And there's been others that have gone out of business since. And Daily Joust has gone out of business. With DraftKings and FanDuel and the funding that they currently have, 
Do you think these other sites have a realistic chance of viability and staying in the market? It it really depends on what the balance sheet is for them and where they're at. Um, I certainly can't get into the specifics on other sites because I do know about other sites funding and financials, but you know, others there are other sites that have gotten seven figure funding and you know how they spend that money and how quickly they spend that money you know when you have a million dollars in the bank or two or three million you know is there going to be more and that's really the key and and if there's going to be more what do you need to do to get more a lot of times it's easy to get um that initial round of funding or even the second round of funding which could be anywhere from half a million to a million or two million dollars but to continue to get funding and get that large amount, that's the challenge. And you really have to wonder, um, you know, there are some sites that are out there right now that have a large overhead with programmers and developers and things like that, and, and that can really uh, whittle away your funding very quickly. Whereas uh, if a site is running lean and mean, as a, as a, so to speak, you know, with only a handful of people working there and they're bootstrapping it, I think those are the sites that have more of a chance of staying around. This industry is nowhere near maturity, and that's why a lot of people want to jump in because they feel like it's only at that 1% or 2% threshold where the amount of growth that's really, you know, really out there could be huge. So, you know, I really, it really depends on the future funding capabilities that people have and understanding how to raise money, but then also understanding how to spend it, where to spend it, and how to gain users. User acquisition right now is the, is the number one thing. We're speaking of Mike Rathburn. Of course, Mike Rathburn was uh, in, in the business right from when it started. Of course, uh, you, you heard all his work over at Daily Joust. He's uh, also been involved in many other projects in the daily fantasy industry. i, I got to ask you, it, it's interesting what happened this week. This week we had our first live million-dollar winner in daily fantasy basketball. Now, I knew basketball was popular last year, but it exploded this year on the daily fantasy scene. And I can tell you firsthand how I know it has. It's uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Of course, I have a show from 9 to 11, Monday through Friday, and on the weekend, 7 to 10. We never talked about basketball. We talk about basketball every day now. Every day. And it took daily fantasy to get basketball relevant on the station. We wanted to talk about it for a long time, but it just never was possible. And now we've seen that every hour we talk about daily fantasy basketball. Now we see a million dollar winner uh, at DraftKings. We got a hundred thousand dollar championship coming on for FanDuel in South Beach. And now we're seeing people play MMA. We're seeing people play in a college basketball NCAA pools. I mean, the best thing ever, I think, for making all fantasy sports relative besides baseball and football has been daily fantasy sports. Yeah, it's been huge. I mean, the emergence of PGA, MMA, um, soccer, and college basketball this year. I mean, obviously you talked about NBA, you mentioned it first, but just those niche sports. I don't think anybody would have imagined that the prize pools in those niche sports would be where they're at. I mean, I think I heard you guys a couple of weeks ago talking about fantasy MMA having a girl from Counter Move on. That, to me, was a landmark in the industry. Is like fantasy MMA being talked about on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. That was huge. Yeah, NBA, I mean, nobody saw the um, the agreements coming with the league. Nobody saw that FanDuel was going to cut a deal with NBA. Nobody saw that 
Um, when, I, when I say nobody saw it, nobody saw the magnitude. It was certainly out there. You know, there was a potential relationship with Orlando and FanDuel, but nobody knew that NBA was going to have equity in FanDuel. Uh, DraftKings doing the deals that they're doing with the player experiences that they're doing, the promotions with the, with the clubs. I mean, the NBA just barely has kind of dipped their toe in the pool this year. I would expect big things next year with the NBA, you know, probably league-wide with all 30 teams and, and what they're going to do. I think NBA is only going to get bigger and better next year, and, and it's going to be huge. Now, baseball 2015 is upon us. Now, you look for opening day. We've got a big tournament over DraftKings where they'll have $500,000 on a $20 entry fee. Is this the way we're going to keep going? Like, we saw the million-dollar fantasy basketball prize. We saw $8 million winners daily, daily fantasy football season at DraftKings. We saw a $2.5 million tournament in football over at FanDuel. Is the way to go in the future still these big prize tournaments? Because I believe right now we still don't have a single site making a profit in the daily fantasy industry. It depends on. It, I think it depends on who you are. You know, with FanDuel being the market share leader, they can afford to you know kind of pump the brakes a little bit. We saw them do that in, with NBA, and you know, FanDuel has potential aspirations of an IPO. That rumor's sitting out there, and the closer that FanDuel to get, can can get to profitability, you know, that's going to make that company so attractive and really blow things up. So if FanDuel needs to, you know, kind of pump the brakes a little bit on on the larger prize pools, on the on the big qualifiers and the big tournament, uh, so be it. It's for the greater good of the industry moving forward. DraftKings is in a different position. They're number two. They need to gain market share. So they do need to continue to be aggressive. So I think it just depends on who you're, who you're referring to. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Of course, speaking of Mike Rathborn, of course, talking a little daily fantasy uh, sports here today. Overall picture of the industry. You know, so many times we're giving out information, helping people out. What are your thoughts as far as the information goes in the daily fantasy industry? We've got a new site, dailyroto.com. Roto Grinders has been around for a while. Fantasy Insiders, and there's about 242 people on Twitter that give out information uh, each and every night. Now, we've seen this in the year-long links for a long time. Now we see more and more people get involved in the daily fantasy. What do you think about the quality of information being out, given out right now to the public? I think the quality of content's high. You know, there's, there is certainly a tier, though, of, you know, whether it's Daily Roto, Fantasy Insiders, Roto Grinders, you know, obviously I'm affiliated with RotoWire, but I'm also affiliated with a new site called RotoCurve, and RotoCurve is really going to be geared towards anybody who has not played daily fantasy sports or has just barely played and maybe doesn't understand how to play. And I think that as a content provider, what you need to do is you need to carve a niche and be unique and then provide value. So if you can do that, which I do think that there's plenty of opportunity to do that in the space, because there are maybe like less than five content providers right now that are really at the at top echelon, but there's so many other ones that could get there, but they just haven't really carved a niche yet. So I think that's really the key. Carve a niche, be unique, and provide content that's going to really speak to people, whether it's certain sports that you're covering. Like at RotoCurve, we're going to be only talking to new players. Like if you've never played before, this is where you're going to want to go. You know, and I think that's something that, you know, Daily Roto is really good for the guy who's been playing or the guy you know, the guy who's been playing for a little bit, maybe wants to step up his bankroll and really get that edge. Uh, that You know, that's really where the content that comes in that you guys provide, that's that kind of market. And so I think there's different markets and different players that you can all provide content for. 
Mike, it's interesting you say that. We just had the tout wars for the uh, fantasy baseball community, the, the year-long leagues. And, and when I look at the guys that are involved in that, they're guys that have generally been around a long time. Now, the daily fantasy sports industry is new. But i got to ask you, I think things are going to play out a little differently here. And fantasy sports are guys that give out advice, prognosticators maybe do what I do in the radio industry or in the print industry. Now, with Daily Fantasy and everybody out there playing in these big tournaments, uh, I think things are going to change where people are also merited on how much they win. Do you see that is the way it's going in the Daily Fantasy industry? Because you didn't have that luxury of doing that with past uh, industries, uh, because basically if they didn't win the NFBC, you never knew what leagues they were playing in. Right. I think it's definitely, yeah, I think for sure, you know, there needs to be more uh documentation as far as you know who you know in terms of accuracy and things like that like fantasy pros has a lot of their things for season long and they do do some daily fantasy projection uh contests and things like that which is which is really good but you know identifying as somebody like tristan cockroft is a three-time you know tout winner you know we kind of know that but definitely the some of those names need to be out there more i think if you're in the DFS space, you know, there are definitely some names that you know that are the top players. But I think that um, a lot of times you don't know necessarily if that person is a winning player or not. So just because they play a lot of volume doesn't necessarily mean they're a winning player. But I think if you listen to people, uh, and you can discern whether or not somebody really has the goods uh, and they're a legitimate player or not. You know, it's interesting when you talk about it. I think there's almost two and three different strategies when you're playing Daily Fantasy. I think a lot of times when you see the advice given out in the community, it's based on guys that play uh, 10 to, uh, let's say, more than 10 teams in tournaments, and they try to uh, do their best uh, to put all the fields covered and come out with the best line of possibilities. And I believe that's a skill. Uh, but I think that when you talk about a lot of the new players, the people that listen to the shows like on SiriusXM, Fantasy Sports Radio, that have never dipped in and they're thinking about it, they play one or two teams. And, you know, they come home from their job and they're hoping they can get a little help uh, with there. And I think that's a different set of advice and a different way to go there. And I knew we do a really good job at DailyRoto.com trying to break things down for the cash player and the tournament play. But it's almost like there's two separate sets of advice that's needed uh, for guys that are playing multiple lineups and guys that only are playing one or two. Oh, definitely. It's it's a completely different game, completely different strategy. And to have a you know to speak to a new player on that level, I think it, it's it's asking them to take on too much. I've always stressed that you know, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, but I've said, pick a site, play for free. Um, and figure it out, you know, spend a couple weeks, whether it's two, three weeks, four weeks uh, on a site, figure out the scoring, understand, you know, look at box score, you know, look at the, look at the live scoring. Like a lot of the sites have links where you can go in and look at live scoring, look at the makeup of tournament lineups, look at, the, you know, pick out the big names and see who did they play for that given night. You can get that information for free. Uh, you can even, you know, some of the big-name players will put $1, $2 heads-up games out there. And I know a lot of people complain about that, but I actually don't complain about it because I think it's a great opportunity for somebody for low risk to get an insight as to what that player is thinking on that given night. And I know plenty of, plenty of guys that do it will pick up games for $1 and $2 just to get an insight as far as what somebody at a high level is doing. So 
I think that, you know, without a doubt is a different strategy. You could even say there's three different strategies, this cash game, this single-entry tournament, and then this multi-entry tournament, and it's the three different uh, ways that you can tackle DFS. We're speaking to Mike Rathburn at rotowire.com, and of course, uh, the new uh, website coming out, fantasycurve.com, will be a daily fantasy site, so you can uh, check out Mike's work there. Mike, i gotta, I got to tell you, it's interesting, because I think we've done a good job ourselves on the Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on the hour uh, that you hear it on the RotoExperts.com. Even when Dr. Roto was there, then we brought in Nano DeFino and, of course, Drew Denkmeyer and Mike Leone. It really preaching about bankroll and how to manage your bankroll and not going 100% of your bankroll into these tournaments and trying to supplement with 50-50s and head-to-heads. But I think it's generally lacking in the daily fantasy community on how to manage a bankroll. Yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, you hear guys talk about how important it is and you can preach it, you know, till the cows come home, but it's so critical because – there's so much variance when you're playing on a night-to-night level, especially a, a sport like MLB, uh, where pitching is constant but hitting is so variant that uh, you know you really need to play five days a week, you know, every single week to really ride out that ride out the numbers and and see it pay off. So you know, picking a single Friday night and and putting a hundred bucks in and, and blowing your your whole wad, so to speak, you know, the odds are that you're probably going to lose. And so you really need to you really need to have some sense about you know look at it like a season long league. If you're going to play in the NFBC and so let's say it's a three hundred and fifty dollar entry, well let's say you say okay I'm going to have a three hundred and fifty dollar bankroll for D, for baseball for DFS. Okay, well let's say it's a five or a six month season. Let's say you're going to play five months out of the year. Well you're kind of down to about seventy five bucks a month at that point. So it really limits you to how much you can play on a nightly basis. So. You know, again, if you start off small, there's no harm in playing free. There's no harm in playing ones and twos, and and just get a feel for it. And then every now and then, fire a fire an entry into a one dollar tournament, and you'd be surprised. You know, all you really need is one or two cashes in the top five, and all of a sudden your bankroll might go from you know three fifty and might double. It might double to seven hundred or seven fifty, and now you're you now you're able to play with more money. So. It really kind of depends on, you know, set aside the amount of money that you want to you want to play for the given season, whether it's $350, whether it's 1000 or, you know, wherever you're at, and then decide that, hey, I'm going to play 5 bucks a day, 10 bucks a day, and people might not see the glamour in that, but you got to learn this before you, you know, you got to kind of crawl before you ball, so to speak. This isn't something you can just jump into and automatically think you're going to win. No, I think that was a great point. I think you did a great job of illustrating it. So if you're going to spend $350 and and bang it out there uh, for a season, uh, then you know what? You should play $5 a night until you increase that, maybe to get to $500 or $600 in your bankroll, and then take a shot at $10 and go from there. Because the, one of the things that I always find out is a guy, you know, he puts his 350 out there, he's playing $5 tournaments, and he hits for a couple hundred bucks, and all of a sudden he's up to $25 games, and he's wondering where the money went. You're right. It's a learning process, and part of that learning process, and the hardest one to learn, is definitely bankroll management. So I can't stress enough to people, uh, you don't want to uh, just blow it all out. Then you get disinterested, and you become uh, yep. not a fan of this, not a fan of the daily fantasy is not doing anyone good no absolutely and and one of the things that we talk about in the industry is called burn rate or churn rate uh you know depending on you know what terminology you want to use but you know basically what that means is the customer 
that you lose that you never get back. And so your acquisition costs are extremely high. And if you don't, if you lose that customer and you're losing them at a high percent, and you're paying a huge amount of money to get new customers in, but every customer you're bringing in, you're losing one. That's how sites go out of business really quick. And you know, it's it's really something that. I think needs to be definitely more stressed on a, on a content site, site provider level. And just, you know, whether it's a bankroll calculator or whether it's a little app or a tool or something like that. And, you know, we've all been able to preach it, but I think like there needs to be something, you know, like if you're going to buy a car or a mortgage or a home, like you go to bankrate.com and they have all these mortgage calculators, home equity lines, things like that. Maybe there needs to be some kind of bankroll, little bankroll management tool that says how much are you going to play with? Oh, I'm going to play with $350. Okay, your recommended daily allowance is, you know, anywhere from 5 or 10%, and you should play in these types of contests on these sites. And now all of a sudden there's somebody that wouldn't have a clue as to what to do. Now they actually kind of have some idea of what to do, and maybe they stick around longer, have some success, and become a permanent daily fantasy player. We're speaking to Mike Rathburn from RotoWire.com, and of course, FantasyCurve.com will be coming around the corner. Uh, make sure you check that out. You know, it's interesting. FanDuel has done something I think's gone a little bit unnoticed uh, in the daily fantasy spaces. They've hired Will Carroll. Will Carroll is one of the top writers in the fantasy sports industry as an injury expert. Like to me, this is baffling that FanDuel's gone this way, not because of Will Carroll. I mean, Will Carroll's the top of his field, but a daily fantasy site. I remember when we first started a daily fantasy site, we hated when the sites were giving out information because we, we felt it leveled the playing field, and now they bring the world's number one fantasy injury analyst, and they hire him. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly sure what FanDuel, you know, obviously they, they have their reasons behind why they want to do it, and it's a great opportunity for Will, and hopefully he can flourish in the role. Um, and it's great to see that, you know, a mainstream rider is, is going to be with a daily fantasy uh, operator. Uh, so, I, you know, I did see where he said he's going to be writing articles on, on pitcher injuries or injuries and things like that. And and so let's see, you know, maybe we've got to wait and see what's going to happen, you know, with his involvement with the site. But, um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be very interested. FanDuel has always kind of been somebody that shied away from doing something like that. So I was definitely surprised that FanDuel uh, made that kind of hire. If it was DraftKings, I don't think I would have been as surprised. I've got an interview that I've just completed with uh, the Iron Sheik. There was word out this week that uh, DraftKings has uh, made a deal with the WWE. We've seen counter moves uh, also get involved uh, with the WWE. Uh, the Iron Sheik might be on the radio, and I don't have this confirmed yet, with us at 10.30 tomorrow morning. Uh, but I do have an interview that will be going up on SportsGrid either Tuesday or Wednesday with the Iron Sheik. You guys have that seven-second delay, which is good. Which is uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, actually, uh, yeah, that might be the only hang-up with this whole thing. Is uh, interesting, but can you believe that now we're seeing WWE involved in fantasy? It's a partnership, man. I don't really look at it as WWE being involved in daily fantasy. I think it's just uh, it's a similar type of demographic. I, I put it out there on Twitter. I know a lot of people wanted to make fun of it, saying, "Oh, WWE is scripted." You know, are we going to see DFS wrestling? It, you got to look at it this way. First off, the WWE are kings at digital marketing. I mean, they're they're one of the best companies, if not the best. Their their Twitter presence. 
their Facebook presence, their WWE app presence, and the WWE network has over a million subscribers. This relationship could be a lot bigger than I think what people realize. Uh, Their demographics, I'm sure, skew very heavy in that 18 to 34 male demographic, which is the the number one demographic that you want to chase. Um, Usually Daily Fantasy skews a little bit younger. Usually it's like 18 to 24 or 18 to 28. But uh, I'm very interested to see how this relationship develops and how many new users DraftKings is able to bring over and convert. Great stuff, Mike Rathburn. I want to thank you for joining us. Make sure you check out Rathburn's work over at rotowire.com. What are they doing over at rotowire.com currently for Daily Fantasy? Uh, they have daily articles that go up every day. Uh, also, there are things like lineup optimizer, projections, value uh, value tools, and things like that. And so for the baseball season, you'll be able to go over there, get all the projections, get uh, daily fantasy articles on specific sites. And then, of course, I'll have my weekly article, which is more of a game theory-based article where I talk about the nuances of daily fantasy baseball and how you make the math work and when you're building your lineups and your strategy. Great stuff. I want to thank you for joining us, and we'll have to do this again sometime, Mike. Absolutely one of the best, my man. You got it, man. Anytime. Thanks a lot. There he is, Mike Rathburn, absolutely getting it done. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow we'll have a special guest for you. I can't tell you because uh, it's a little bit of a secret, but stay tuned for more great podcasts from DailyRoto.com. Make sure you go and check out Mike Leone and Drew Dinkmeyer's great work. And, of course, check us out on the Fantasy Sports Network, 1.30 in the afternoon. Uh, You can hear this podcast there. We're out of here. Good luck, and hopefully you had guys like uh, James Harden and Brooke Lopez in your lineups tonight. We're out of here. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.